Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about a wide range of things related to dating, particularly the initial stages of approaching someone you're attracted to, how that initial conversation goes, and not just uh, some strategy like say this and do that, but actually the whole inner experience of that, how we get ourselves to do that. Because I know if you're listening to this and you're single, what a I'm sure on some level you'd love to have the ability to just walk over to someone that you're attracted to and start a conversation with them. Whether you're a man who wants to meet women or men or a woman who wants to meet men or other women, it doesn't matter. Like the freedom and the confidence to just put yourself out there. Know on some level that if that person's not that into you, you'll be fine. And to feel like you have the skill and the confidence to to just be you. You know, sometimes we get so nervous that we're like, well, even if I did approach them, I'd just be this mess and then they're going to reject me. And so we have all these stories. And so we're really going to get into this. And, and by the end of this episode, I want you to feel more liberated to just start trying stuff. You don't have to be the best at it. And I'm very excited today because we have, back again, by popular demand, special guest, Coach Jonathan. Woo! Yeah, what's up, You man? know what you need? You need like a mariachi or some sort of band in here that way when you introduce your introduce you <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just me, yeah. for you i'm just gonna bring them with me every time let's see then, if we yeah. can get my uh, my homeboy my uh, editor on that yes. we're, we're gonna... <laughs> we just people listening might just have heard mariachi music that's right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> it might be playing in the background yes i'm gonna make a special request this is we're gonna make this happen i love it the jonathan uh, entrance but you know, it's great to have you because, in fact, you inspired me to want to create this episode because just the other day, so Jonathan, I'm grateful and fortunate to be having you stay with me and my family, which is awesome. It's awesome for me and Candace because we both love you, but it's like the greatest thing in the world to my kids. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're, you're kind of like crack yeah. to them. It's like they can't get enough Jonna. Uh, but uh, anyway, because you're staying with us, you know, know more what's going on in your life. And just the other day, you're like, I'm going to go out and meet up with a couple of friends of mine who happen to be people that you've learned, met through events and the mm-hmm. mastermind program and stuff. And we're going to go practice approaching. And all three of you are heterosexual. You're interested in approaching women. But so, but then what was interesting is we talked the, later that day or the next day, and it's like, how did it go? And uh, how did it go? Not good. Not good, is what you said. <laughs> and yeah. I said, ah, yes. <laughs> all four of us were just like, all right, this is fine. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those moments when you are doing a show or performance and you're like, yeah, that didn't go that well, but yeah. we're OK. That that happened. That happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you say it didn't go well, uh, tell us more, because I think that's so good. There's so much information out there online and podcasts. And it's like, all right, here's what you do, especially for men who want to approach women. That's a very saturated field. And there's like this total certainty it's delivered with. Like, here's what you do. You approach and you do this and you do that. And 
Yeah. And everything goes your way. Yeah, there's like these tactics that they put out. Like, yeah. step one, approach. Step two, you say this. Yeah. Comment on this. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I read those things, but it, they didn't really, it's hard for me to digest what's actually going on. And so I felt like, well, let's just go out and say hi. And um, I guess when I say it didn't go well, what I'm looking for is like to have a connection within that time that we're talking to someone, mm -hmm. um, men or female or, um, you know, even trans. But there's, there was me inserting myself into this conversation and them uh, shutting down or being preoccupied or not, not wanting to basically play along with the conversation. Yeah, closed. Yes. Uh, and so it's, so those, those interactions maybe last about 30 seconds to a minute. And you're kind of like, all right, well, it was great talking to you. Yeah. And um, I think the thing that hurts the most would probably be the shifty eyes of like, ugh, like the disgusted look. I hate you, man. Yeah. It was the disgust, yeah. the, the universal disgust the, face yeah. for humans. Which you probably, you just look in the mirror and you just go, ugh. Crinkle, yeah. yeah. Crinkle your the nose. Crinkle nose. You, your nose kind of crinkles up. It's like you just bit into a... A piece of fruit that was kind of rotten. Yeah. Or if you hate <laughs> vegetables, you just like drink a veggie smoothie. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. Um, th that happens. Or they say something like, uh, and it's, it's no fault of theirs. They're just, they're really just being themselves saying, like, it's coming out. They're saying no thank they're you. They're saying no thank you. Yeah. Um, minus the thank you. Minus the thank you. They just <laughs> say no. <laughs> no. Just, they just like walk away. Dude, no. Yeah. No. Um, I remember we went to this grocery store and... Um, I was asked to go um, have a conversation with this woman who had a basket, gift ba or yeah, a basket for her groceries. And I went up and I had this idea to say like, "Hey, I'm the uh, world champion of basket holding, and I can hold your basket while we go shopping." Very, no very noble. Yeah, yeah, for a nominal fee yeah. of three cents an item because <laughs> the basket will get heavy. But you know, I was trying to create a little bit of a banter. Yeah, and she just did not like. Yeah. No, thank you. And, yeah. and walked away and I'm like, oh, okay. And you feel that. Yeah. Um, when you do it by yourself. Well, let's, let, let's pause real quick. So hold your thoughts. Yeah. I want to hear more about when you do it by yourself. But that right there that you just mentioned is incredible. That is like, I'm trying to think of how to express it. That moment is the thing that stops people from literally having the relationship and the life that they want. That one moment, and they're like, I do not want to feel that. I do not. There's a client that I'm working with one-on-one. -on -one. I'm trying to get him to come to an event. I'm like, dude, but he just his schedule never lines up. But he's been avoiding starting relationships his whole life, and the, the main reason is that one moment he does not want to feel. He's unwilling to feel it. Of course, he's got all these stories. I've, never, I've always been shy. I've never been able to do it. I'm not that kind of person. But underneath that, and I highlighted this in, the, in one of the calls, it's like it's all – unwillingness mm -hmm. to experience that probably six seconds of interaction and then all the hours that might follow of self-torment. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that moment. Yeah. How do you like, did that moment, it sounds like you got over it. How do you, how do you get over it? Was it always, could you always get over it? Was it really painful at first or still? Yeah. Um, I think, physiologically what happens is my ears get red like I feel like my ears are on fire like embarrassed embarrassed yeah and I cut my heart I guess my chest kind of like tightens or my heart kind of sinks 
Um, especially if it's someone that you really like, oh my gosh, I really want to talk to this person. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like, they don't want anything to do with you. Whether it's a, a, a like a hard no or like, oh, it was nice talking to you. I'm going to leave. A polite no. A polite no. Um, it's still like you you feel like just not 100%. Yeah. Something in my nervous system feels like I'm in danger or I did something bad. Mm. Um, but when I'm with a group and or a partner and we're all like, did you see that? I don't know. It, it There's something that changes with that mm. uh, because... I'll just come back and report and they'll, and my, my buddies will, they support me and, and they love me no matter what. So they're like, Hey, it's okay. Mm. And I feel okay. And if I do it by myself though, it's, it stays with me a little bit longer Mm -hmm. until I communicate it to somebody. Mm -hmm. I think I just have to share it and then I'll feel, I'll feel better. Well, it highlights something so important, which is grounding in a, in a, sense of secure attachment like i'm okay i'm okay i'm Mm -hmm. still loved and i think what we do kind of unconsciously is we go into a situation whether it's approaching someone or even just a social situation not even romantic at all and we're going in there and we forget all of our secure attachment we forget that there's people in our lives right now that love us no matter what Mm. we forget that we can be grounded and love ourselves no matter what and we do this really quickly and unconsciously. And we just go in without knowing it with sort of like, I need to find my primary attachment here tonight or in this, con- in this supermarket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it has like, to happen right yeah. now. And that's what a sense of threat or danger is like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm unloved. I'm unlovable. And I think when you have that conversation with a friend, either immediately or later, there's that, ah, oh, no, wait, I am okay. And I, I think that's essential. I know for me, much of my time practicing this, I was not, I didn't have a friend in the same city, but I did have a good friend when I first was doing this and overcoming that initial hurdle of talking, talking to a woman that I didn't know and like trying to flirt with her was just mind boggling. Like that is, I think I'm going to die literally <laughs> like something to talk about being unwilling to experience that six seconds. I mean, I spent a decade like utterly unwilling. I will not, I'd rather die. Than yeah. That. And then at some point I realized like, Oh, I'm never going to have the life that I want unless I do this. But my good friend who was studying, you know, the same kind of things online, we'd talk about it. And then we had this kind of open policy of like text or call each other after stuff mm-hmm. like that happens. And it was so relieving. Yeah. I don't think I could have done it without his help. Mm-hmm. Matt, I doubt you listen to this, but if you do, you're, you're awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I love you. And Wait, the, you have a Matt too? I have a Matt. Matt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. you got to have a Matt. you got to have a so Matt. So if you don't know a Matt, and you want to get more comfortable and bold and confident approaching and dating, you got to first gotta step find one a is find a mat. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be a, a boy mat, like Matt Matthew, or that could be a, a girl mat, Madalena. Oh, okay. Matt, yeah, Madeline. Madeline. And you just call her Matt. Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Can I call you Matt? No, my name's Matt. Jessica. <laughs> but her name is Matt. Any case, so grounding in that connection, uh, and, and what if you are alone and you, for some reason, don't hear back from anyone or you're just kind of in that feeling? How do you work with that? You eat ice cream. No, no. <laughs> That's right. uh, no. As discussed yeah. in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. You eat candy. If you're following me. And, uh, no. And you find some porn. Um, the, that's, a really, that's a really tough one because uh, I have different outlets. Um, 
I'll do the peace process. Um, I'll journal. Uh, I remember when I first started listening to your podcast, there was an episode where you talked about thinking about three other things that could be going on in the other person that, mm. that um, uh, has nothing to do with you. Mm. Um, and that, that really helps me. Uh, journaling, like just journaling my feelings. Um, but I think the strongest is just kind of reaching out to someone um, mm. because I have a feeling every, everyone has been in that situation before. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have someone that you can trust in your life, They'll say, you know, hey, man, that's okay. Uh, But yeah, I think for those six seconds, you're feeling a little bit embarrassed or ashamed or. Yeah. um, And I think just sitting with that, knowing like that's okay is is going to bring tremendous growth in you as a as just a human being. Absolutely. And And it generalizes to all other kinds of rejection and things not going your way as well. And I like I mean, I would liken it to a tolerance of sorts. Yeah. It's rejection tolerance. It's discomfort tolerance. Remember I was talking with someone who didn't want to experience the six seconds and realize, like, I'm not going to have the life that I want unless I can basically handle getting rejected. So he started practicing and getting rejection, not just in dating, but kind of in life. Mm-hmm. Kind of, okay, I'm going to test this thing out. But then he got to... It was like the same thing coming in through the back door. It was like, how do I have the right mindset so that I'm not bothered at all by rejection? And, you know, while there are things we can do, like if, if someone rejects you and you say, oh, she didn't want to talk to me or he wasn't interested in me, I'm a terrible, worthless human, that's going to intensify your pain quite a bit. And, you know, you can have a story by thinking about what are three things that are going on in their life or really getting clear in yourself, like I'm not doing anything wrong by warmly approaching someone and basically inviting them to a conversation. And they have the right to say no. But you can do all that stuff and it helps lessen the pain. But to have it be totally no impact whatsoever, I was telling him, I was like, you know, it's kind of like I'm a big fan of the uh, ice cold showers. Yeah. Ice cold dips and stuff. It's kind of like saying, how do I make it so the ice cold shower doesn't produce any discomfort at all? I'm like, well... I don't know, like even people like Wim Hof, one of the mentors that I learned from, he does say it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just you, he's able to fully relax his body and not resist it at all. Right. And so that's the same thing I think with the rejection is like inside you're going to be like, my face is melting. Yeah. And your body and your chest tightens up and our best option is to uh, like get really good at quickly just surrendering right. and relaxing and, and then feeling it. And maybe there's a lot of pain. And I think a lot of that pain is nothing to do with that person. That's the pain of I'm unloved. I'm unworthy. I'm not enough. And that pain is a pain that is a huge ball of wax that we've been accumulating since age two mm-hmm. or whenever, younger even, um, pre, pre-verbal memory. So be with it. Right. Heal it. That's part of you. Yeah. Yeah. The When you were talking about feeling those feelings, I I was thinking about that. I've had so many bad interactions, rejections, but they've helped me helped me grow in a sense to where when I'm in a relationship, I'm able to have 
uncomfortable conversations with someone. Mm. It's almost like you do these practices not to try to get something, but they build your strength up. I guess like like going to the gym, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to the gym to weight lift because you feel good, but then like if you're going to help a buddy move, you're not like, oh, I can't lift this couch. Mm-hmm. So so it's like it prepares you for real life, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in a more um, intentional way than I think most people do. And we were talking about this the other day too, is like most people will never commit to strengthening themselves intentionally by getting rejected intentionally. Yeah. The vast majority of people will never do that. They're like, that sounds... They don't even think about it, and if they if they learn about it or hear about it somewhere, they'd say, "Oh, that sounds terrible." Yeah, they'll just say, "Why?" Yeah, why? I don't. Why would you put I, yourself? Why be uncomfortable? That? Right. Fortunately, if you're listening to this, then you're akin to you know um, on the same path and a like-minded spirit to me and Jonathan, where, well, you reach a point of pain in your life where you realize, like, I have to do something to change. I really want something to be different, and then you become more open to these kinds of things. And what's interesting is that pain to make me want to go out is worse than the pain of getting rejected by one individual. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, when we're not living in denial or telling ourselves a story like it's not that bad or it'll get better in the future or whatever, and we're really facing the pain of a life of loneliness or a life of not living our potential or a life of just staying small and safe, and we really are remove all the denial and really face that and compare that pain to the pain of someone saying no to you or the pain of someone not liking you for a minute. It's, it's like the empire state versus an ant. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's, um, cause I don't, I don't remember the person who said no, we've did it so many times. Yeah. Uh, it's not like that. It's not even that it's that person because you're just like, I'm just, I don't know anything about this person. That's why I'm making the attempt to talk to that mm-hmm. individual who knows if they said yes and then you find out you do go on a date and they're an awful person you're like I don't want this at all. Yeah. So it's almost like you don't you're not pulling enough data to really be hurt by it. It's just the feeling that you attempted something and it didn't go the way that you wanted. That's so fascinating. What it's showing me and reminding me is that that hurt that we feel again is not about that person. It's not even about that interaction. Yeah. It's like the hurt is this, it's already in there. It's this uh, doorway in your house. There's a doorway in a room in your house that's like the hurt room. And it's all the times you were unlovable and no one liked you and you didn't fit in and you weren't picked in gym class and you didn't, no one wanted to dance you and you didn't get a valentine and your mom said you were stupid and all that pain is in that little hurt room. And then we go you know, approach someone and say, hey, I'd love to grab your basket and you make a joke and it's like this sweet kind of funny energy and he's like Ugh, no and you're like and i'm in the room i'm gonna run in the hurt room. <laughs> i stumbled into the hurt room it sucks in here right because you don't know anything about her you're right that's a beautiful point you don't know if you actually want to date her you don't know if it's actually a good fit you don't know i mean her reason for rejecting you has nothing to do with any qualities of you as a human being right right so it's just that's our ticket is into the hurt room yeah and they know nothing about you either to right. say you know you know they're they're missing out they could be missing out who right. knows 
Definitely, yes. Yeah. Well, they're, if, always if they're always missing out. With you, <laughs> they're missing always out. missing out. That's how you have to end all those this interactions. This is for the ladies. <laughs> well, you're missing out. <laughs> have a good day. With have, your basket. <laughs> your heavy, heavy basket. Well, so the number of times stood out to me, you said. I, I, we did so many attempts that day that I don't really remember. That one's not really that significant anymore. And I think mm. that's a really important concept that everyone needs to know, which is dilution diluting it so if you were to um consume a drop of something very bitter very intense uh directly that's that's overwhelming it's these horrible taste in your mouth but if you were to di dilute that one drop into like a huge you know 16 20 24 ounce water bottle you might not even taste it or be very minimal mm -hmm. so we didn't we want to dilute these experiences and i think that's counterintuitive because First of all, it's a hard sell to be like, go out there and intentionally get rejected. 30 That's, times. Yeah. yeah. First of all, even just doing it is like, <laughs> yeah. okay. And it's like, yeah. And then when you're going to do it, you're going to go 30 times. <laughs> and people are just like, what? So you don't have to. It's just actually surprisingly to do more is easier. Even if it seems like that's not the case. Because it all those eggs are not riding on that one basket. All of your self-worth is not in this one person's response. Now, I was telling that to the client who was, you know, had been limiting his life for many decades, really, because he didn't want to experience those six seconds of that rejection. And I was talking about how, well, you know, I've done this with a lot of people. Do you know how many attempts it takes to overcome that? He was like, how many? I was like, well, I didn't tell him right away. I built it up. <laughs> yeah, and I of said, course. Well, when I say overcome, I don't mean they don't feel fear. Or they're totally comfortable. They that means that that fear, that discomfort, doesn't have any power to stop them. They're going to go do it most of the time. No one's a machine, right? But generally, if you're in a good state, they'll they'll approach. You know, I was like, do you know how many times? Like I said, about oh, about twelve, give or take. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that it becomes the easiest thing in the world and you're the greatest at it. It just means that like overwhelming, like oh my gosh, this is I cannot do this. If you did it like 12 times, and a lot of those 12, you're probably not getting rejected even every time. You're just fate, you're taking the risk 12 times. You're facing the fear 12 times. Something shifts. And I've seen it be even less for people, even like six. Right. It just depends upon how grounded they are themselves, how many other people in their lives they feel loved by, all these factors. But it's really not that big of a number to create this sense of like, oh, because all that's, what happens in those first six, 10, 12 is you just train your nerve, your brain, and your nervous system is like, oh, I can handle this mm -hmm. because that the fantasy rejection. If you haven't done it for twenty years or ever, the fantasy one is like, it's it's this it's like um, in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they when they open up the ark and their face melts. Yeah, like it's just <laughs> yes. you imagine your face is gonna melt. <laughs> That's what happens every time die. someone says no. My face <laughs> is melting, and I'm like, Indy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and the caveat to that too is if you stop doing it, because we have a friend mm. who has not been doing it, and when we go out now, he feels massive anxiety mm. about it. Mm -hmm. um, when just a couple like years ago, he or yeah maybe a year ago, he was making attempts. I remember he, he was right. Yeah, he would like like write um, a ticket on his arm every time he like talked to anybody. Mm. Man or woman, like he's just any type of approach. Mm -hmm. And now, after eight months, he's he's been off of it, mm -hmm. and it's like oh, I feel it again. Is this Travis? Mm -hmm. Travis, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. And but notice this: 
that year that he was doing it, writing the tickets on his arm, that's when he was in the mastermind program. Yeah. The eight months that he's been not in the mastermind program. This is a sell for the mastermind This is a sell. <laughs> well, I'm just highlighting the importance of the community, of the people that you go out and do this with, right. and who you surround yourself with, right? Because it's like, and it's not just him. That's how we all are. You know, the amount of act bold action I take in my business and risks I take. And because for me, that's probably the most fear I face. Like I don't approach women on a regular basis. Now, if I do talk to a woman, it's really not that anxiety provoking, but I'm not approaching them like romantically. I'm yeah. not, I'm You're not asking gonna, for business ideas. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. or just like, I'll chat with her for a minute. Like who cares? Yeah. But I'm not like, I'm going to go in. I hope she gives me her number. Right? right. I'm sure if I was single and I was doing that again, I'd be nervous. Cause they'd I'd come be, to you. That's right. At this point, I would just, uh, no, but I would just take my shirt off and flex my abs. <laughs> no, they, I, I, um, I know I would feel nervous. So it's not about you get over it forever. It's like, I would be quote out of shape in that way. So, but it's about who we, uh, surround ourselves with. And for me, if I am, so the, the biggest place I take risks or feel the most discomfort is in business and putting myself out there in different ways. And I can to a T map the amount of risks I'm taking the, the frequency of risks and how big those are with whether I'm in coaching or in a community of people or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing all kinds of things. So if I'm in a mastermind, my own mastermind program, I'm doing stuff like crazy. And then I'm done with that program after two years and it sort of tapers down. And then I got into another coaching thing and then more. And then most recently working with uh, Lori and Linda in the last maybe three or four, six months maybe at this point, and just doing tons of stuff. Like I would be anxious after the calls I'd be, you know, and I'd be in conversation with them and just, it, it forces you. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be official coaching because you're going out with just friends. Right. But like this commitment to being around people who are going to bring that out of you and not because they're telling you to do it, but because they're like, Hey, I'm doing this in my life. Do you want to join me? Right. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's a wolf pack, you know, gotta be in pack. Gotta be in the pack (laughs) of like-minded, like, uh friends too yeah you know you don't want to be around a friend who's like well, you, what are you doing you're no that's creepy don't do that yeah because uh, then you'll feel worse you feel like you're shamed right yeah yeah like you're doing something but um well let's address that real quick here as we get to the end of the episode is so what if someone's listening and it could be a man who's saying that's wrong it could be a woman who's saying i've, I've gotten emails from women who've read something or saw something of mine that says like you encourage men to go out and start a conversation with a woman at a supermarket, that's um, invasive. That's mm-hmm. not uh, consensual. It, you know, you shouldn't tell men to do that. And I know that's an idea. That's one of the fears that men feel. It's in part of that embarrassment after there's a no. It's not just like, oh no, she wasn't interested. It was no, she wasn't interested, and I've done something wrong. Yeah, I'm, I, this this was very inappropriate of me. And I'm wondering, as you've done it more and more. Do you have a mind, has there been a mindset shift or how you see it when you're in a confident state versus how you used to see it? Uh, I guess for me, it doesn't feel, I, well, I don't listen to, I don't have that type of like media um, where someone's addressing you, you know, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Um, nobody's ever said that to me uh, mm. while I go to talk to that person. Mm. They just say no and then they walk away. So they do have a sense of power because it's not like I'm holding them in that, in that, uh, you didn't grab the corner. The basket out of her <laughs> be hand. Like, yeah, no, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and uh, you will going to pay me those three yeah, cents. And I want three cents an item. Uh, no, it's, I think for me, it's more of a curiosity. I'm going to go talk to you. I, I don't know what that person is going to say, but I do know that 
I'm I have to make a an attempt to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where the camp that I fall into. Mm-hmm. Now, if that person says I'm uncomfortable with this conversation, or um, I'm uncomfortable with you coming up, you know, the, I I was not aware of that. I'm, I apologize. I move on. Yeah. Uh, but I do. It is an approach to where it's a friendly approach. It's and I'm not getting anything out of it, but just seeing what this person's about. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that. Um that upset or that saying it's wrong probably comes out of that uh, woman or other women being approached in a way that is not from that place of curiosity and warmth. It is much more like they want something. Yeah. And, and perhaps, um, less thoughtful or, or maybe I've, this is a common thing is, you know, they approach and then if she's not open, then they like verbally attack her or say something critical or it's like, it's kind of this intense. Yeah thing and it's um that's actually something at the um the unlimited dating and relationship confidence event uh plug plug <laughs> we did uh, you're not supposed to call them out <laughs> you're just supposed to smooth smoothly address that you know you want to be there and you do you want to come to any of these live events talk about getting an amazing community yeah you know, people friend up there and buddy up there and then whether in the same city or not they end up supporting each other and we have facebook ways to connect all that stuff plug but <laughs> uh there was a guy uh so jeff at uh, this was last year at the event and he talked about approaching talking to a woman at a coffee shop and her not being open and him basically feeling like when he's honest with him he didn't display it to her but inside kind of like f you mm. and so i was like this is awesome thank you for the honesty to say that here at this event because we all you know represent like oh yeah i feel really down about myself and bad and stuff when i get rejected but we rarely acknowledge that on the coattails of that feeling there can also be a feeling of like, reject me, fuck you. Like yes, it, we're, yes. We're shaming, we feel shamed and bad and unlovable. So we also blame and criticize. And whether we say that or not, it's inside of us. Right, right. And so what I was helping him do, which goes to show just how this this way of approaching is, is really about creating love and positive energy in the world. So approaching with warmth and curiosity. And w- what we guided him to do is, just to notice how he felt when he was like sending that energy towards her. Yeah. And then ima- getting into her shoes and imagining her day, what was going on? Like, why is she being closed or critical or short? Like, is she hurting? Is she uncomfortable inside? Mm-hmm. Is she scared of you or is it have nothing to do with you? And she's just stressed out. And you got him a little bit of empathy and perspective. And then it was like, what if just right now you just sent her like love, like yeah. a blast of like, you're okay. Yeah, I hope, I hope okay. you feel better. Right. And he did that, and I was like, how do you feel? He's like, I feel really good. Yeah. And so it's like, well, what if in the minutes after rejection, you were able to like send this blast of love to yourself and to the person who rejected you? Mm-hmm. And just kind of like, hey, we're all, we're all okay. And I feel like that's profoundly um, healing for the fear of rejection and for dealing with it when it happens. And no disrespect to those individuals who feel hurt when they say, you know, what you're doing is wrong. The, they're speaking on a, on a level of like, address, like saying like all women are in this camp. But we've had many uh, stories told where, you know, they, somebody has made an approach and they're like, I'm so glad that you came and talked to me. Nobody talks to, like nobody does this kind of thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we went out a couple weeks ago and our buddy uh, Dylan um, 
got a number with this with this lady, and I think they're they're having like a wonderful connection now. Mm. Um, and she said though, like it's rare that people come up and talk to others, especially in the day in this day and age with apps and everything. Right, it's like, right. Why why do that? You can just right swipe. And uh, yeah, and so it's so there's some people that want that type of connection, and there's some people that don't. And yeah. unless somebody has a sign that says "Don't talk to me," like. That's what I want is I want augmented reality <laughs> where you could just be looking at the world and like they they have like a green hue around them or a red the auras, hue. The yeah. aura. And you can just see. Although the funny thing is, is they might have it on red. I've had this before. Like if your energy is positive and warm and open and curious, I've approached women who started out like kind of standoffish or unsure of me. And once they had about 30 seconds of seeing like, oh, this guy doesn't want anything from me. He's just warm and friendly. And had great connection. Even yeah. got numbers. Yeah. Um, even had women who were, uh, there was one woman who was sort of like really standoffish at first and then eventually uh, seemed to warm up and then we flirted and it was playful and then she gave me her number and then was like standoffish again on text. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's just the default. Yeah, like, I was yeah. like, I, I don't, I, it's okay. I don't need this. I, you know, so I just, whatever, said something to end it and moved on. Literally one year later, she still had my number and texted me and was like, hey, do you want to like go out? <laughs> and I was kind of like, like uh, who is this? Yeah. No. I mean, you went into fight mode. <laughs> I, I did. I, did. <laughs> I was like, no, no thanks. But um, anyway, so we are, we, we, we pushed it beyond the limit of time. I do have to get to something else. And so the action step for today. Time for action. 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 Is to go do some stuff. Whatever you're drawing from this episode, take action on it. You don't need me to tell you what to do. As you're listening, I bet you've been thinking about something that you might want to do, perhaps approaching in some way or another. And if you're married and this isn't your thing, what's another place you can expose yourself to rejection? And bonus, bonus, do it 30 times. That's right. Starting <laughs> now, right now. Three, two, one, go. Awesome. Thank you for being with me today, Jonathan. Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Maybe we'll have the mariachi music. On the, on the outro, out, on the yes. outro as well. And uh, until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.